None of us expect evil to be in our churches, do we? But unfortunately, evil is in the churches. When I was 15 years old, I went forward at a Church of Christ and was baptized in water because I didn't want to go to hell. I was not convicted by the Holy Spirit of my sins. I was not born again. I was just baptized in water because I didn't want to go to hell. But I certainly considered myself a Christian and a member of the Church of Christ. Shortly after that, a young man in the Church of Christ invited me to go with him for um, a Coke or something like that after church. So I went with him. He immediately tried to get me to have sex with him. I was shocked. I think this was the first time I was propositioned at church, but I have been propositioned other times by people at church. I moved to Clovis, New Mexico to help my mother. Uh, that's in the United States, New Mexico. Uh, I moved there in 1985, a man who did some concrete work for me was a deacon at a Baptist church. He came in to visit with me about the concrete work. He immediately propositioned me for sex. I got up and went into my bedroom and picked up a Bible and came back and read this passage of scripture to him aloud flee fornication every sin that a man doeth is without the body but he who committeth fornication sinneth against his own body that's in first corinthians chapter six he fled from my apartment but later i heard that he had propositioned other women at his church group, a Baptist church. And he was a deacon. And I wondered what would happen if he propositioned a young woman at the Baptist church. He had a wife. He had children. We all knew them, the wife and children. It was a small town. And yet he was propositioning women for sex at the church. It's not unusual to see this happen. It's not unusual to hear of ministers who have propositioned other people at their churches for sex, other women. It's a grave sin, of course. Jimmy Swaggart did this. Had, well, he had sex with a prostitute. And he was caught, for some reason, having sex with this prostitute. And after he was caught, he disclosed, I, in a tearful plea on national television, I have sinned against the church. Please forgive me. I happened to attend a, an Assembly of God church at that time this happened. And the preacher shocked me because he said, we should pray for Brother Swaggart. And I said, very softly, he should be put out of the church. The woman sitting in front of me evidently heard that, and she turned and glared at me. I never went back to that church again. Because I know 
what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 to do when somebody who is a brother, so to speak, in Christ is a fornicator. Paul didn't say pray for him, and Paul did not say counsel him. Paul said put him out of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll look at that entire scripture. The assembly of God did not put him out of the church. The leaders in the assembly of God counseled him and prayed for him. They didn't do what Paul said to do in the Bible. They did what was wise in their own eyes. They did the thing that seemed rational and reasonable to the people of the world and made them look good. Whoa, these are really nice people. They're giving him another chance. That's not what God said to do. A couple of years or so later, Jimmy Swaggart was caught with another prostitute. He told at that time, The Lord has said to me, It's flat out none of your business what I do. At that point, the Assembly of God Church put him out of the church, defrocked him. He went right on with his national television program. And I assume if he's still living, I haven't seen him in a long time, but if he's still living, I suppose he's still on national television as an evangelist. Is it any of our business what someone does in the church? It certainly is. We're members of the body of Christ. Is it your body's business if your hand gets hurt or does something? It certainly is. If you're a member of the body of Christ, it's the church's business. Sadly, at Word of Faith, which I was attending in 1977 through 82, our Bible teacher was committing fornication. He was a single man, divorced man, had one child, but divorced. He was living a double life, a life at church where he looked like a good person and a life in private where he frequented the bars and picked up women and had sex. I heard about his girlfriend. None of us at church knew he had a girlfriend. I went to him and I said, what is this about a girlfriend? I heard you have a girlfriend. He hem and hawed around the situation, evaded the subject. I just finally said, are you having sexual intercourse with this woman? And he said, of course. And that's his tone of voice. And I said, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can't have any more to do with you. I can't come to your Bible class. I can't be around you or keep company with you at all. And he said, that's right. He didn't care. They did not put him out of the church. I left the church, that church group, but I left because God gave me a dream showing me terrible things that were going on, and I left. But I didn't go back to this man's Bible class. What the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 5, what the Bible says to do if you come across 
a brother in Christ, another Christian who is committing fornication. And Paul lists some other sins along with fornication. 1 Corinthians 5. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication is not so much named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. For verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, I have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. How do you do that? How do you deliver him to Satan? I think you put him out of the church. I think you do what I did, which is say, I can have no more to do with you. I had, didn't have the power in that church group to put him out of the church, but I had the power to not associate with this man any further, to not go to his Bible class. And he knew why I didn't go to his Bible class, and he knew this scripture in 1 Corinthians 5. Paul said to them in verse 6, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaven us the whole lump purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened for even christ our passover is sacrificed for us therefore let us keep the feast not with the old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but the, with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth that's what it should be in church. Sincerity and truth. Verse 9. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then you must needs go out of the world. Verse 11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or railer or drunkard or an, an extortioner, with such a one, know not to eat. Don't try to eat the word of God with that person. It won't work. Just do what Paul says. Put them away from you. Don't keep company with them. There may be some of these definitions that you're not sure what they mean. I just looked up every one of them in a dictionary, and here are the definitions of each one of these words. Don't keep company with any man that is called a brother if he's a fornicator. Well, we all know what fornication is. is to have sexual intercourse outside of marriage. Covetous person, having or showing a great desire to possess something belonging to someone else. 
a desire for wealth or possessions or power. Don't keep company with that person. Idolater is one who worships a physical image such as a statue or person in place of God. It could be to worship a church or a pastor or other religious leader. A railer is one who expresses objections or criticisms in bitter, harsh, or abusive language. Always angry over something. Could be self-righteous, who thinks he's righteous and other people aren't. Drunkard, a person who is habitually drunk. A person who is drunk or often gets drunk. Extortioner, it's the practice of obtaining a benefit through coercion. Plying money out of another person such as through use of scripture to make a person feel guilty if he does not give or make him feel that God will not bless him if he fails to give money at this church, at a church. Many ministers today are extortioners. Verse 12, Paul says, But what have I to do to judge them that are without? In other words, we don't judge the world. God will judge the world. But we must judge the church on these points. So Paul says, What have I to do to judge them that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. He judges the world. So often the church wants to judge the world and cover up for the people in the church building because they're in the church building. That's wrong. Paul says, But them that are without, God judges. He judges the world. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person in your church group. You may not be able to put him out of the church group. You may not have that power, but you certainly have the power to withdraw from him, to leave that church, to leave him. Now, Hebrews 10 talks about those who willfully sin after the knowledge of the truth. People sin before they're born again. We're born again, those sins are forgiven and covered by the blood of Jesus. But what about those who, after they are born again, go back to their sins over which they have been forgiven? In Hebrews, we read there's no more sacrifice for that sin. They'd have to crucify Jesus again to pay for the sin when they sin after they have been forgiven. I'll read some scripture here. Hebrews 10. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Exhort is to as to warn them by advice or strong warning, to warn them, exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
As you see the day approaching, the sins will become worse in the world and in the churches. Therefore, as we see the day approaching, we exhort them even more to urge earnestly by advice and warning. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despot unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 6 For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meat for them by whom it is dressed receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5 Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. We see by this that some people will have their names blotted out of the book of life, those who fail to overcome will have their names blotted out of the book of life. So Revelation 3, 5, Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. If you abuse yourself with mankind, seeking the lottery, trying to defraud somebody, over a business deal. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, nor thieves, nor covetous, 
nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5, start at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, trying to outdo one another, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Second Peter chapter 2, the Apostle Peter says, verse 20, For if they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So it is an extremely serious thing for those of us who have been enlightened to the truth, been born again, if we return to our previous sins. What did Jesus say to the woman taken in adultery in John chapter 8? He said, go and sin no more. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.